Most people settle in life for comfortability and are okay with the status quo. Jeff Byers isn't most people. So when he reached out to me to come on the show, I was curious to learn more about his live momentous movement that he's created over the past few years here. This is episode 204 with Jeff Byers. You are tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today I'm joined by Jeff, NFL veteran turned founder of Momentus, a best-in-class human performance supplement brand. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp, helping you simplify your therapist search in a way that makes getting you the help you need easy. Therapy isn't just for when you find yourself in a dark hole with nowhere to go. I've personally found it helpful to connect with a licensed professional on a frequent basis to proactively talk through the puzzles that I'm actively solving in my life. And thanks to BetterHelp, you as a listener of the show can try therapy today for 15% off your first month. Head on over to betterhelp.com slash foreverathlete. That's betterhelp.com slash foreverathlete today to learn more and connect with a therapist that understands you. Jeff talks candidly about the ups and downs of navigating life after the NFL, the relentless urge he has felt to change the supplement industry for the better here, and how he navigates a family life while continually pushing his own limits beyond just that comfortability and status quo. So let's dive into it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live with Jeff Byers. How are we doing, Jeff? How are you feeling? Doing great, man. Yeah, I'm doing really good, thanks. I was about to say, we were just jamming. Um, fun fact, I actually am going to two USC games. I went to the Cal game this past weekend and going to the Colorado game this upcoming uh, weekend in a few days here. Um, so let's start there. How is, you were there, uh, golden golden age of USC, it seemed. Uh, and now you guys are climbing yeah. your way back. Talk to me about that chapter. Like, what was that process, part of your life like? Um, it looks like a fun time to be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, USC in the, in the two thousands was really special. Um, and we're definitely driving that ship. We, we, uh, they are driving that ship back to that, uh, to that kind of dynasty that we had. It was really, really special. Um, and LA is a really incredible place to be winning, um, because the city really rallies around and like everybody comes out, like every celebrity, it was as like an 18 to 22 year old kid, a kid, like young, young adult, it's pretty, uh, it was pretty special um, uh, overall and to win a lot of football games and play with some of the best players um, during that era uh, on the team practice against them every day was, was quite cool. So yeah, SC was a incredible part of my life, uh, really been instrumental in who I am and how, how I got to the place where I am today. And, even my family, like I met my wife there. She was on the volleyball team. And, um, you know, also like SC is like through and through of who I am and, and what I believe in and like but the coaching staff and my time in business school, et cetera. I was about to say, I'm, I'm noticing a common theme. I'm, I'm meeting more and more former SC athletes that have gotten married to other former SC athletes. Like, is that just the, the culture there? You guys are meet one another hitting it off and going from there i don't know uh that's a really good question uh i think uh i think when you're a really competitive athlete and sc is one of those places where right most all athletes like if you're not on the football team you're probably an olympian or potential olympian or national team member uh because the sporting program and you just 
you have a you're, you're driven in a very certain way and you also are very dedicated to your sport and therefore like people who are dedicated to, to something extracurricular i think you really bond over that but also when i was there it's really weird like everybody kind of worked out together like i met my wife in the training room but like the volleyball team worked out with the football team in the summer and the soccer team and like we all kind of trained together so it was like this right so you train together we all kind of like there were like a couple apartments around campus that like all the athletes were in so you just kind of like stick together and see each other and um yeah i mean of course you know, there's there's love in the air too in college i was about to say that helps yeah. right uh, i was curious yeah. is that like a culture that just naturally existed or do you think that's still there um because obviously we've seen sc from over the years kind of go up and down from a football perspective at least um but do you think that added to the success or do you think the success helped elevate that culture while you were there uh, i i don't think it uh i don't know um i think it definitely actually the culture of like winning and, and bringing that was definitely an elevation. Like our time, you know, the Pete Carroll era at USC really elevated the USC brand. Um, there's no doubt about it, but USC, you know, even though we've been really struggling, like call it the last decade ish, um, like finding our way, like it still always ends up like people talking about SC uh, because it made such a big impact in that, in that decade. Um, but beyond the football team, like when you look at Olympians and the caliber of athletics uh, at USC, it's quite spectacular. Um, and when you watch the Olympics, you're like, you know, like when you start reading and, and it's not just like U.S. Olympians, like, you know, like there are Olympians from every country that mm -hmm. go to USC, like, you know, like the swim team, the track team, um, the rowing team, like all of these, like, it's like a very international um, university in terms of our our non-US based sports, aka football. Um, so, yeah, I was about to say I I grew up swimming, and a lot of my former teammates ended up swimming at SC and national team members, world record holders. So I I see it, and I I know it firsthand from the experience and the culture, not just out outside of the football team itself. I'm curious to sort of shift gears, but obviously that was a pivotal. Uh, chapter in your life and just developing who you are now, the guy we're speaking with today. And be curious to, from that experience and your time in, in the league as well, how are you taking those lessons or what lessons are you really taking that you're applying into what you're doing on the day-to-day -day within Momentus? Yeah, I think that's, uh, so I had a really like life-defining moment early in my career in college um and i got hurt as a true freshman i played on the on the national championship team and um basically had a really really bad hip, hip injury and was told i was never really gonna play football again and if i was i was never gonna be the same and uh and as like a 19 year old kid that's big and i was i was a very talented football player i was very very lucky had a like like i was a genetic mutant um uh as a human and and therefore like i go from being a first round draft pick to being never playing again and really at a young age being knocked down like that and really realizing like what do i love and why do i love sports and why do i love athletics and why do i love right stress and challenges and all of these things um really boiled up at a young age and i was really able to find that football didn't define me and sports don't define me 
right? I define me, sports and football are a part of me and they make me who I am. Um, and that's really hard. I think that's a very hard thing to realize. And it, it, like, it takes you getting knocked down, right? Getting kneecapped sometimes to get, to get done. Um, and again, like it made me a very, it made a very easy transition out of sport for me because I knew, because it was taken away, right? And so I think a few things. So that made me realize there's more to life than ball, right? Like mm. my words, silly words, but like there's more life than sport. There always is, right? It always comes to an end. Like nobody's going to be a pro for forever. Um, and then, right, like how do you deal with adversity? How do you find positive and really negative or what seems to be really negative events because we all like life you always get knocked down there's always challenges there's always roadblocks no matter who you are um and therefore right it was like okay what do i do what do i do with my life why am i here this 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 internal look and for me it was i'm at an incredible university i'm getting school paid for like that is a huge win how do i take advantage of it so what i did was i got I graduated undergrad in three years and I got accepted into the uh, Marshall School of Business, an MBA program to hopefully get some of my MBA paid for while I was still in a scholarship. So that was kind of my plan. I ended up coming back and playing, but I missed my whole second year because of two hip surgeries. And then I missed my whole third year because I had two back surgeries. So I missed two, two years uh, in there, but I ended up coming back and playing my third, fourth, my fourth, fifth year and got granted a six year of eligibility, which is a special asterisk in college athletics. If you take a medical hardship or two medical hardship years, they give you an extra uh, extra year of eligibility. Since I was hurt for two years, I got that. And I actually got my MBA paid for, which was even better um, in all of this. So there's always life after ball for me. And I was really passionate. I got really passionate about business in general. Like, what can I do? How can I build um, all of these things? So <clears throat> had the really cool opportunity to play in the NFL um, and took that and had a lot of people question, you know, not question, but like challenge, like, oh, you sacrificed all this to get your MBA. The second you stop being relevant in the real world, then your MBA is worthless. And so there's a lot of challenges to like, okay, you're going to play in the NFL, then what? Then why? Right? Mm -hmm. And how do you stay relevant? And that was part of the, one of the blessings I had is like, okay, how do I leverage a football career and leverage my off seasons to springboard into doing something different and bigger um, after I've done playing? Uh, and yeah, it, it really ultimately led me to found a company and um, really think about human performance and optimization in a very different way and take a lot of my learnings, but also just understanding kind of a holistic approach uh, is very, very different and lacking, but also what happens at the elite level doesn't happen in the consumer's mind, like very, very infrequently. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, uh, so um, I think that's a big thing of like this adversity and like knowing that you define you is a big thing. And I, I see that in a lot of the spaces we work in pro, pro sports, like athletes, like you have to be very myopic. Like you have to be single-minded and focused and you sacrifice so much to be great. And therefore when you're done, you're like, what is my worth? How do I find purpose? Um, and it's the same way in the, in the military or, or in those other places. Like you are so focused on one thing and most things that you do during your life or your day are geared towards being great at that. Um, and you also have this really unique thing over like, you reach the pinnacle, but those skills don't teach you how to do spreadsheets. 
those skills don't teach you how to do things. They, they make you incredibly powerful and successful. But when you leave sport, what you love and thrive in or leave, right, special forces, you leave the be- being the best, mm. right? And then you go and you're like, oh, I'm going to go be an analyst. Cool, right? Right, like you're used to like high stress, decision-making, like I could lose my job tomorrow. Like, how do I bet on myself? Like, what do I do? How do I, and, and it's kind of murky, right? Like at the end of a game, you know what a win and loss is. You know who wins and who loses. In business, it's, it's murky. In, in like the real world, like, like the game of life, is long and what you're trying to do is win that game of life and like am i like what's the score like the score is not always present um and i think that's where anyways i think through the struggle like where what me being knocked down early opened up my eyes but also i've been able to really think about football in football sport teams winning right and try to bring what i love about football which is like this high stress making decisions like always the ball always gets snapped right but also rallying a group of people around you to go do something better than it's ever been done before because nobody plays in the nfl to be like i want to be average right no team's goal is like let's be average right it's like let's do this better than it's ever been done before whether you can or can't like that's the mentality at the elite level and that that's what i miss that's what i didn't get when i wasn't running the company when i when before i founded momentous there was no like how are we going to do it better than it's ever been done before? Like, I'm going to win. There's going to be a scoreboard and we're going to make this happen. Um, so. So much there that I want to like unpack so and dive into. It sounds like you got the, uh, the COVID year before COVID year existed, right? Uh, that extra <laughs> time of eligibility. And I love the COVID year. <laughs> I'm glad. It was I mean, a long time before COVID existed a long time before COVID. Exactly. Um, but I, I love that you brought up this, that pivotal moment where you started to think of really who is Jeff beyond the football player, like the guy that's hiking the ball, the guy that's making these blocks and paying, playing a pivotal role in a team that is having a lot of success, right? But still you realize this can be gone like that. And it's very interesting that it can be this fleeting thing. It's this high pressure that you brought up. And it sounds like to come full circle, there was a moment in time after the time in the league ended where you found yourself, I believe it was at Wells Fargo, right? For a little bit there. Um, Yeah. Did it, during that time, did it feel like something was just missing in the sense of whether it be the the high pressure on the day-to-day, what was it that you were missing the most that finally was this moment of, all right, I don't know if I'm going to find this in this world. I'm going to have to go create it myself. Yeah, I, uh, so I had a long seven job offer for uh, at Wells Fargo. Essentially, when when I when I retired, it was for a, a wealth management group, and they were doing some discretionary market trading. It was a really cool opportunity, um, but it wasn't. It was not me, right? And I realized almost instantly. And I worked there in the off seasons, and I loved it in the off seasons because I had a ton of freedom because mm-hmm. I was still training, working out, like going to the facility and it's like oh i can look at securities i can you know read reports and do all this right but at the end of the day when i got there i was like there's no team it's not really a team right and there's like unless i'm gonna go build a massive hedge fund like what is that 
Um, and that's not what I wanted to do. And so I just, there was no passion in like, let's try to earn a, like, let's try to, let's try to match the market. Um, which I have a ton of respect for those people, but it's not who I was, right? It was a great lifestyle job. I would have had awesome, like I got paid very, very well, better than I get paid today. Um, but, uh, that, that wasn't it, right? It wasn't like, oh man, like didn't go to bed stressed, right? I kind of like, I don't know, like, I, like, that's the world I came from of like, if you're not the best, what are you doing? If you're not trying to be the best. Um, and that's where, that's just where my mindset is very, was very different. I want to build a team and try to change and and create and inspire change. Um, And that's really what led me to right that what ultimately became momentous. Um, And so that's, it's a really, yeah, it just wasn't like, uh, my, my wife would, will, will laugh at this, but like, right. Like I just came home one day. I'm like, I'm done. And she's like, what do you mean you're done? I'm like, we're going some other place. I don't know what we're doing. And she was like, we just, moved, we just bought a house and moved here. I was like, I, I guess I, I can't like this. And she's like, and you make a ton of money. Like what's wrong? Uh, you make good money. And I'm like, it's not who like in 10 years, I'm not going to be happy. And in 20 years, I'm definitely not going to be happy. Right. doesn't matter. Like money, it's like, I didn't play sports to make money. Right? There's a ton of ways to make money. Right. That don't require smashing your brain in. Um, right. And there's a ton of ways to do it here too. And for me, it was like, money's an outcome. Um, but it's not why I do what I do, mm-hmm. uh, every day. Like, right. Like there's a lot of ways like to do that. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those things that was like very pivotal. It's like, okay, who am I? Like, what did I care about? What do I, what do I love? And I'm just used to this grind work, lead, build. Right. Um, but also like, this continuous progression and what i what i've seen in in like the phases of momentous is like really like when i think about the phases of my career right like you keep going through these phases right like you go from a start like a true startup uh right where you're raising a friends and family seed round and then you move to a series you know a series seed then you go to a series a and then you do like and it's like okay you're in high school now you're going to college and it takes it's a huge shift in mindset you're leveling up what you have to do and what you know and like the expectations of you. Then you take this next step up and then you take this next step up. And it's like this continued evolution to be like, all right, we're doing it better than it's ever been done before. How do I train? How do I think about this? Um, and it creates a, like a lot of people can't make the change from college to NFL or, or whatever that may be. And just like a lot of businesses can't make that change, um, you know, from like the true scrappy startup to like a growth stage business to a business in its prime. Um, and so that's where I've really found it's very similar. Um, but also like I have real stress every single day and I carry that. And it's not like that. Like, I know everybody has stress, but like the, this is the stress of like, that I felt like when I was stepping on the field, mm-hmm. right. Knowing that there was like, I was on national TV and like, I'm getting called. Right. And I'm getting my ass yanked. Right. If I mess up. And that's a, to me, like, that's super powerful. Quick one for you. As someone who's moved around seven times in the last five years, I know how hard it is to find new experiences and, more importantly, friends each place that life continues to take me. That's why we've created the Forever Athlete Social Club, a membership platform with curated experiences that help you grow closer to yourself and those around you. 
As a member of the Social Club, you'll receive a weekly experience to go and try in your community, as well as meet up events and opportunities to introduce you to like-minded individuals. Now, this isn't your cheesy alumni group filled with awkward conversation and overwhelming self-promotion from that one dude from high school that's just trying to help you get passive income in your life. No, the Social Club is a vetted, safe space for you to be your authentic self and grow with a like-minded community all over the world. Come join the free platform over at foreverathletesocialclub.com and start making teammates for life today. I was about to say, you find yourself in a position now. I mean, how many employees do you guys have now at this point? Uh, we have 21 as of today. We've, we're hiring a lot. Uh, so I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to, we've added three in the last two weeks. So I'm just like backwards backing. Uh, we're so, we're yeah, gonna plug that in. Well, hey, yeah, you know, just hiring. If anyone's interested, yeah. you know, reach out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm curious because you know, on a team, you got. I mean, when you're out there, you got ten other guys on the field depending on you at that same time, right? Like you have your role, and you're responsible for like your role, but it has a direct impact on the other guys out on the field. But it it ripples beyond that in a lot of ways what what we need for flow for that peak state in the zone moment that you and I craved as athletes during our our time and our playing time we can still recreate it off the field but one of the there's 22 different flow triggers one of which is risk and risk works differently for everyone everyone has a different taste for it, appetite for it and it sounds like to me that you have a one a high appetite for it but two, I mean, the risk of taking on 21 other people that are responsible and reliant on you to do your job uh, reminds you oftentimes probably of the size of a football team being reliant on you to do your job and do it well. And the better that you do that, the more they're then empowered to do their job as well. I'm curious, you mentioned the, the different leveling up and relating high school to college, to, to the league, to friends and family rounds, pre-seed, seed, all of that. Uh, I'm curious, in the momentous journey up until this point, what have been those moments where you might have thought like, holy crap, we're not in pre-seed anymore. Like we're, <laughs> we're in the big leagues, we're, we're stepping it up. Have you had any of those throughout this journey? Yeah. Yeah, we've had a we've had a handful. Like, there's uh there's like the just like I'll say like the first couple of years is just like all about resiliency of like mm -hmm. don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Like this sucks, right? Like sometimes it just sucks, and you're doing everything, and you're like, man, how do I get punched in the face every day, right? You're trying to make shit stick, um, and right like, and everybody's kind of questioning, you know, who you are, what where you're going, are you gonna make it, um. But yeah, I mean, and so like we've really transitioned out there over like the last six to eight months, right? From like this, uh, I'm going to use some words from one of our like strategic consultants that we use. Like you're in this go-go phase where you just like say yes to everything because you're trying to get the flywheel going. And now we're in this like adolescent transition, which is like this grow-up phase. We've really surpassed a couple of these. We raised our Series A led by a really large strategic, you know, strategic company. Uh, and it's really forcing us to grow up and create change and processes, but also, right, me get out of the weeds, me do what I'm good at, like, 
and my co-founder at likewise are like how do we continue to to portray, portray this vision of democratizing high performance um and keep this going faster and faster where it's like our flywheel is now going we don't have to go 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 to make it go right mm-hmm. like we have to continue to get out of the way and create the bandwidth and the and the oxygen for it to do um and i need to make sure that i'm getting the right people um in so there's a lot uh, a lot of that like where we're growing up um what we're doing i'll say like um we, we bought a company too. I bought, I bought the momentous brand or we bought, uh, we merged with it with momentous. My company that I found with Amphuman, Amphuman, uh, acquired momentous, uh, in July of, of last year. Um, and then we, we changed the name or and merged into momentous as one brand. That was a huge challenge, uh, like massive, massive undertaking, um, that I was not well equipped for that. I don't think anybody is my co-founder, uh, was at McKinsey and Company, which is a the world class consulting firm, and has been through some of that. Like, but still, like to go through a merger at a at a pretty small company into two strong brands that had uh, strong perspectives um, was really interesting. Like, people are hard, um, like really, really hard. Um, and again, like uh, you know, it's it's you know, somebody told me it's like, hey, it's like you know, you're, you're the new head coach and you absorb somebody else's players. You bring in some of yours and you have some of theirs. It's uh, right. Like not everybody agrees with you and not everybody came there because of you. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very different. Like, and it's, it, it was hard. And I, I put my time in the wrong places and I probably, I did not invest enough in my people and listening to and hearing my people. Um, so like, anyways, just like massive grow up growing pains. That was really hard. I'm very eye-opening for me as a leader and definitely have like a very long list of things that I will not do the next time if I ever choose to acquire another business. Um, so anyways, I don't know, rambling about like level yeah. up moments. Like we are, we are in this like transition phase right now. Like it's, I feel like I'm uh, training for the combine. Like it's coming. Like we are in the big leagues. We're in the big leagues. Like we got drafted. We're in preseason. Like mm. we're there right now. Like, we now just have to like get through training camp, right? Get the right team on the field is what we're trying to do. Like grow the team, grow the team, get the right people, and then go out and play with the with the big boys and start knocking down um, some really really big targets. Um, but we've done all of the work to get to get there. Essentially, we're just like in training camp figuring figuring it out. Yeah, I'm really curious with the the merging of cultures, right? Because it's not as simple as plug and play. Um, it's not as simple as when a new head coach comes in or, you know, I'm a, I'm a Washington sports fan for better or for worse. Um, we got Snyder right now listing the team and it's like, okay, cool. Is that going to be the true answer? It's probably not, we're not going to see a result of that until maybe exponentially down the road, depending on who buys the team and what systems get put in place. I'm curious for someone that's gone through it on the sports analogy side, but then also now in, in the business world, as you merge cultures, what would you do differently? Uh, what did you, what were the big actual takeaways? And I have a feeling just in hearing how you talk and carry yourself and your track record, there will be another point where a merger is happening or an acquisition is happening um, because you guys have momentum on your side now. You are growing. 
I'm confident that you will be successful. So what have you learned on that first go at it where you are able to better merge these cultures and what would you do differently? Uh, I think first off, uh, uh, decisions need to be made by the leadership, mm. right? Um, and what do I mean by that? Of like, there's a lot of outside forces at play, right? And ultimately, the leaders, two, three people, they got to go, and you got to make decisions, and you got to you got to clean slate it, right? And it's not. Um, so I guess what I would say, like, I would have moved faster on people, for sure. I would and listen to like, right? There's a lot of voices always at play. Wouldn't listen to those voices, right? Be laser like, what do we need? What's our mission, right? And I would have been way more upfront with the team around how hard this truly is. Communication is going to suck. People are going to choose to leave. Hard stop, right? Like, and we can't win everybody, and we shouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be here. Like, if you don't raise your hand, opt out, totally fine, right? We'll go support you. We'll write a letter of recommendation, but it's not for everybody. Um, and there's a lot of fear. I think there's a lot of fear in mergers because for us, like we merged two small companies, like we knew only half the people were surviving, essentially surviving, right? Like we, could, we couldn't afford to keep, like part of the merger was like, we don't need five people in ops. We need two. Hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of fear around that. I probably also would have done a lot more people recon before, uh, before the merger, um, on that. So I think pe the people, it's be more upfront, right? Understand people are coming from fear, but also be very, very decisive and follow your plan. Nobody else's plan. Uh, right. And it, it like, it's going to ruffle some feathers and go, but like that decisiveness um, is really important. One of the things that I've really started to realize looking back is like, I, 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 in the NFL, it's like, it's ruthless. Like even in college, it's ruthless. Like you get benched, right. You get cut, right. Like people rotate in and out so often. And it's like, you're just forgotten. And it's not like, that's not a good, it's not, that's not the right culture is like to forget people move on. But like the one thing from these really high performing teams that you realize even in business is like, once they're not a fit, they're not a fit, right? And mm -hmm. that's okay. Like, you don't go fast by always you, – you, you have to have the right people on the bus at the right time in the right seats, right? And if, that's, if you don't have the right people on the bus, you're not going to be going to the right place. And if they're not in the right seats, then you're just massively inefficient. And I think, the, I think pro sports does a very good job at that. And the NFL, particularly because it's a big team – they rotate in and they're always working to find. They're not afraid, right? The culture is there, right? There's a culture there, but they're not afraid to, to bring people in and out. Um, and they make decisions, what looks like from the outside, very irrationally, but mm -hmm. really it's very rational about like, what do we need to be successful now, right? Oh, we've got three running backs on the roster typically, but two are fighting like lingering injuries. Like we need to bring a fourth one on. We're bringing a fourth one up for the last six weeks because if we lose two guys in one game, we're we're screwed, right? It's the same thing of like, okay, well, we have these like this big growth opportunity here. Like, we don't need a paid media specialist; we need a partnerships manager, right? And 
maybe that paid media, maybe that fullback can be a, a plug-in halfback and be really quite effective. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can't, right? And so how do you just figure out what do you need and, and make sure you move on that and move fast? Um, move fast is, I think, the biggest thing because indecisiveness um, with people um, is hard. Um, and it's uh, that, that, I say that, I suck at it. Um, I still do, right? Because people are hard and there's a, a weird amount of empathy and responsibility as a, as a CEO and a founder to people. And I, I truly, truly care about people. And like, when you move on from people, like you're creating material impact in their lives in a meaningful way. So it's like, it's this hard balance, right? Of like yeah. Winning, going fast, but also having empathy and caring because it, at the end of the day, we're humans. And like the whole point of momentous is like high performance and democratizing that. And that mental well-being is a part of that. And like treating people with respect and, uh, and that. And I think that's, it's just this balance, uh, this hard balance that I, I, I still don't have. And I don't know if anybody does a great job at it, but I'm, I'm going to strive to do it. Um, better and better every day. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that it's it takes constant adjustments, it takes constant tweaking to that formula, right? Like you're you're learning at some points, it's foot on the gas and go, and then other points you're gonna need to pump the brakes a little bit and actually learn the full details of the, the situation, right? We we want to move fast, but we also don't want to rush. Like there's that there's a difference between the two. Being highly intentional with how you're spending the time, I think is the best way uh, to put it. I'm curious with running a startup, I think one of the biggest challenges is you have this obvious passion around your baby and what you have created. And there almost is this unrealistic expectation sometimes of people on the team that have joined the company to share that same level of passion. How have you learned to communicate the passion you have about destigmatizing and, and democratizing high performance across the board, taking what is once exclusively only for the elite of the elite and making it available to the everyday consumer? It's obviously something that you've lived and you're passionate about because it's benefited your life. But how do you get that new person on the team to buy in to that culture? Is there anything in particular that you're doing or is that never going to be bought in at the same level that you are i don't think it uh like uh nobody's ever going to share the passion that founders do right and uh right that passion is required to get out of these phases right and spread it um but my job is to inspire and equip right and realize that our vision and allow people to see that our vision is possible for it to help them um, and it's a challenge. Like there are people on our team that are hardcore, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, "This, what's wrong with this person? Right? And you're like, not everybody is an elite performer or wants to be an elite performer. And that's not what high performance is about. Mm-hmm. High performance is being better every day, right? And having the seeking of knowledge to help yourself be better every day, um, right? You know, like, yeah. It's, it's a hard, that's a hard one. Like, how do you inspire that? But like, it's just, you got to live it. You got to live the lifestyle and you got to bring in resources around that, but also show that how that vision, how do we democratize high performance? What are those little wins? Share the little wins, right? Because 
we talk a lot about like our P&L, like our, like our economics, our revenue, but also we need to talk about the clinical research that we're doing, how we're affecting change, what our experts say of like, what, like why is sleep so important? Like, how are we optimizing sleep as a team? Like, what are we doing? Um, and so those are the really big things that I think through it um, that you have to do, but not everybody's going to be on board. And, mm-hmm. and one of our like values or principles is, is know your why. And some people's why are like, I just want a cool job to work at. Right. I want a paycheck. I want some upside. I want that. And that's totally okay. Like my why is on a very far end of a bell curve and that's totally okay. But you need people with different whys. As long as they know their why and that why matches, like, why do I love Momentus? Because I love to run marathons and they enable me to run marathons and they give me the space and ability to do that, right? And I get to talk to athletes in marathons. Cool. Why, why Momentus? Because they're a good job and they're people that are good people, right? Totally fine. There are people that work for us like, I hate corporate America. I don't want to be in this stuffy room, right? Amazing fit, right? Like, that's a great why. I mean, so anyways, it's, uh, you know, and I would say the same thing, like in the NFL, like people have different whys. Like mm-hmm. some people are like, I need to make some money. Some people are like, I love to hit people. Some people love the challenge. Some people are like all these different things and it all, they all come together to play and you form a culture. The culture is not the vision, the culture. And I don't create culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't create culture. I should create the environment to have culture, right? I set the boundaries, right? People create culture um, within that. So, and it's hard. That's really hard. I, I'm saying that now. I'm like, this, I, yeah, good luck. Um, so, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if we had you back on for a part two, five years from now, and we reflect back, it's like, there's going to be so much growth that you've learned in that process. But you recognize it, right? Like you're just doing the best you can with what you have. You're setting the stage and allowing them to play in it. One of the things I'm curious to just hear more about, because it's always fascinating to me, especially in the wellness space, wellness companies, uh, what they're doing to empower their employees. I was actually reading an article uh, at Roan. They just featured you as as a, a featured founder um, and I, I do a lot of work with them. They're fantastic. I'm just now noticing you're, you're rocking their polo. I'm rocking their pants right now. Yeah. So you can't even see them on camera. But um, one of the things you had mentioned there was this momentous perks program within employees, correct? What, what exactly was that? I was really curious to read that line. I would just curious to hear more about what details those perks and how you're inspiring separating yourself from the, the corporate culture with it. I don't think that's separating yourself from the corporate culture. We probably uh, don't do enough uh, from, from that side. So it wasn't my idea. It was uh, uh, our VP of ops, Matt Chorney, who's very, very long time momentous. And basically, you know, he's like, how do we get more people and how do we share like living momentous? Right. And so basically we just put together like every employee gets X dollars to spend on high performance. You define it. It could be right a massage gun. It could be race entries. It could be right an adventure trip. It could be ski gear. Like don't know. Give membership. Mm. Like who knows? Uh, you spend it, and we like all share. Like every you know maybe once a month. You know we we haven't done a little bit, but like what did you spend yours on? Like 
I spent mine on a paddle, send a paddle board, right? Like, oh, this person spent theirs, their uh, Xterra, they went to the Xterra World Championships to race. Like, they spent it to go there. They're like, cool, like, do what you love. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, there's that, that program that, that, that works. And then we obviously, like, people get access to our products. Um, and we're also trying to do, we try to do, like, monthly expert educational series where, like, we had a woman named Stacy Sims, Dr. Stacy Sims come in. She's like one of the leading experts in, in female and hormone, hormone health. And she did like an hour long like Q&A with our team like to ask about you know, female high performance and what are, the, what are the differences in what clinical research were the gaps as like an educational seminar, which was very, very cool. Um, so anyways, yeah, things like that. I love that. Hey, those initiatives aren't happening in yeah. most places. So I think that's, that's awesome. And it's very empowering to your employees. And how are you spending that money yourself? Like, I'd be curious how you as the founder, the creator of this thing, like, how are you living a momentous life right now? It's a layup of a question. I bought, I layup. I, I literally bought a paddleboard. Um, anyway, but I'll go to why I bought a paddleboard. Uh, so I'm in this group of crazy people here in not, they're not even Park City, like, uh, there's like this ringleader. His name's Harvey Hobie Darling, and he's uh, uh, he runs a group called the Liminal Collective that does really cool things in high performance. Anyways, he's been a very successful business executive, um, and he's a high performer. So he puts on the he we do a crucible every year, which is a uh, basically an event that uh, you train for most of the year. It's supposed to be physically challenging, mentally challenging, done with friends, and quite scary, and maybe not be able to be finished. Mm. um on air and so we put together he had this crucible and part of it was paddle boarding and um we have a paddle board but it was a, it, so the the crucible was um it was basically an all-day event it was uh, 250 burpees a 10 mile paddle 250 burpees a 20 mile mountain bike ride 250 burpees and then a 20 mile 20 pound ruck and then 250 burpees um and i don't like just so you for the record we had ex navy seals ex army special force nobody finished it like right like it crippled human beings um which i knew it would but like it's supposed to not be like it's supposed to be one of those things like this is quite scary so a 10 mile paddle i had i'm a big dude still i'm like 230 235 um like because i'm just have a my paddleboard, like the first couple of times we've done it, like my feet are in the water, like, like in the water, like, yeah. and everybody's like, what are you doing? Like, you are fighting against this. I'm like, this is like a normal paddleboard. They're like, dude, you're going to be crushed. Uh, like, you can't ride a submarine. Like, you're a sinking ship. Like, just go get a new paddleboard. And paddleboards are expensive. I had no idea. Like, good ones are. Like, I bought a paddleboard, like, 12 years ago like i'm like this yeah. paddle board's great what's wrong with it? anyway so i bought like a 1500 hundred dollar paddle board for this stupid event um that crushed crushed my soul i was about to say as you were explaining that i was like okay cool like when's it gonna stop and of course there's 250 burpees at the very end of that right because no well, nobody finished with burpees i want to be super clear yeah. I, I think some people did but like uh, yeah the there thousand. were people that were like yeah a thousand burpees in a day alone. Yeah, hard, I, hard stop. Like yeah, yeah, I think I'm I'm good there. I don't know. I, 
<laughs> I'll start there and then I'll work in that other yeah. stuff. I mean, that's, yeah. that's absolutely incredible. I'm curious to of just a few more questions here for you. One being you mentioned at this moment at 18, 19, like freshman year of college, this, this critical injury kind of being this eye-opening moment for you to start to explore, like who is Jeff beyond football? I'm curious now, fast forward a couple of years uh, later, how do you define that answer? Like, who am I sitting and having this conversation with? Who is Jeff Byers? Go from there. Wow. That's, that's one that you need to send the pre-read to like really reflect on. Um, it's raw in the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I've got, I got, I got to put my thoughts together here. Um, like who, who I am today is like, uh, I, like I'm a father and a husband first. I have three little boys. And like, I think my greatest gift is to right, uh, instill in them, uh, a sense of responsibility to be good human beings, leave this world a better place, um, uh, give back and realize how privileged we are um, on that. And I would say like, who am I? Like I'm trying to inspire and equip people with change and the ability to be better. Um, and I, I really believe in, in uh, shrinking the gap between the haves and have nots. Um, and one of the things that in, that gets me most excited about what we're creating at Momentus is we can help do that. Um, we can help provide better information, better content, better knowledge. And if we continue to be successful, we can create programs in place to help shrink the gaps. And that to me is really, really important. So who am I? Like, I'm, a, uh, I'm a visionary trying to get more people to rally behind that we can be better. We can live longer. We can be healthier. And a healthier you, me, are better people in society, right? We're happier, all of those things. And what we need to do is we need to be better humans to everybody. Mm. Um, and that to me is one of my, like, what I want to do is help try to inspire change in a small group of people to be like, if you sleep better, you're going to be a better person, right? And being a better person is better for everybody. You make better decisions, you care about your neighbor more, and that's impactful um uh, across the board anyways i digress uh, i don't know like that's that's off that's off the off the cusp very uh very very clean i i like i like asking that question more off the cuff rather than getting the pre-scripted interview style you know what i mean like what you would get in a blog type deal because you've you've thought about it um but it's clear to me even as you were talking about it that it is a question that you have given thought to before i'm always curious to hear people's answers to that because we often default to job first. So kudos to you for putting family and people beyond you. I think it speaks volumes to, to truly who you are. I just want to acknowledge that you already are doing a lot of what you say you're, you're trying to do. You're doing it. You guys have been doing it for a couple of years here and that's how, you know, this even got set up and that's how I get, we got on each other's radar here. So Jeff, I just want to acknowledge you for that uh, first and foremost, and then we'll wrap things here with a rapid fire. We call it the fast five. So this is more like you're in that two minute drill. Uh, we're going one word, one sentence answers. The first you one. You know, the two minute drill gives me anxiety, right? Like that alone. Uh, my first like real playing time in the NFL 
was in a two-minute drill. And it's like, like somebody got benched and I got put in, right? And it's like the worst time ever to be put into a game, right? And it's like survival mode. Anyways, like that's great. I remember right? every effing, I remember every play of that series, um, and it's uh, and it's, it's stressful. It was very stressful. Uh, so, anyway, let's do this thing. Here we go. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Talk about a welcome to the league moment. Um, <laughs> number one, what is your go-to podcast that you're jamming out to? Uh, Huberman lab all the way. Great choice. Um, he's, he's endorsed Momentus too, right? I think I saw that on the website. Yeah, We have a very long-term partnership with Andrew. Andrew has been become a good friend. So been Amazing. super lucky to work with him. Amazing. Beautiful mind in the space. Number two is uh, yeah. what's your favorite book that you've read in the past year? Hmm. Oh man. Uh, I love sci-fi. Um, and there's a series that I've been, been reading. Um, and now I'm blanking on the name that I have to remember, uh, remember it. Um, what was the name of the anyways pass I'll come back to it all good all good number three what is something that you can't live without Whew, my family good choice the right choice there uh, number th number four what is a quote that you live by uh, a quote that I live by uh, do, it, do it better than it's ever been done before I think Pete Carroll said it, but Pete Carroll probably stole it from somebody. That's okay. Um, I'm sure Pete will let you repeat that at any time. Uh, number yeah. five, if you could sum up just your focus right now and just one word, what's that word? The one word that describes my focus. Mm -hmm. Growth. It's fitting. You guys are in a growth you stage. To, and... You want me to like, I, I don't know if it's just about business growth, but like personal growth, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I need to evolve a lot right now as a leader. I was about to say, I mean, and that's my, book, we... my book, my book is Expeditionary Force. Um, it's by Craig Allison. Um, but the book is actually was Match Game, which was the most recent book. I just remember the title, Match Game. Anyway, I love sci-fi. It takes me so far away from my real life that it's like needed um and it's quite weird anyways i mean, you gotta have those outlets i think the more yeah. you have of those and it allows you to, to come back and be grounded when you need so i couldn't agree more man um jeff where could, this was thoroughly enjoyable i'm sure people listening in got a lot of value out of this i know i did where can they find you keep up with you momentous and everything that you guys got going on yeah, you, uh, you can find Momentus at livemomentus.com, um, right? We're a high-performance company, sell a bunch of supplements and have really cool partnerships in that space. Uh, find me on really the only place you can find me is uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm just Jeff Byers, USC, you'll find me. Um, don't look at the Google pictures because they're, they're all lies of what I used to look like. It's better saying, are you working on scrubbing the internet of those and getting some new sure. ones out? trying i've been trying to contact google for a long time to be like these are falsified images i don't know who they are <laughs> i love that appreciate you tuning in today remember to share this episode with someone you care about because together we go far
And until next week, flow on, my friends.